Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for 1990. There might be Welcome, your racist friend, to Geek Salad, episode <laughs> 192, Triangle Man me, uh, Hates Hammer Man. Part two. I'm Andy. I'm, I'm, Andy. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we uh, close out our discussion on the music of 1990 with Side B, The Albums. Woo! <laughs> I was. I don't know why, I always enjoy this more than the singles, because there's just so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, t- so, we tend to pick some really good albums that really stand up. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just tough to, tough to like boil them down to like a single, just like one single song. Because mm-hmm. these are just collections of that. Yep. All right. Who wa- who wants to get us started? Uh, well, not me because I've only got two albums here. Oh, okay. Uh, Catherine's got four. I know Joe and I. Oh, Joe's I got have four, four too. All right, fine. I'll go first. Damn it. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off with uh, Midnight Oil's Blue Sky Mine. Which is, I there's just something about this album. I got it for my birthday because uh, I really love the, the single "Blue Sky Mining," and the more I listened to it, just the more I just got like sucked in. There's just so many great songs, and they're just like it's it's amazing that you can write songs about um, industrial atrocities and you know crimes against the aboriginal people and still have a decent hook that you know you can sing along to whoa whoa you mean midnight oil wrote songs about uh the, you know the, the uh, disruption of the aboriginal people what the hell yep. you say oh yeah exactly no, because you know because he didn't beat you over the head or over it you know he was so well, yeah. su- he was so subtle in his lyrics oh yeah, yeah. i mean 
beds are burning. What the hell is that song about, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And then the uh, there was another song, too. Um, oh, Dead Heart, also from that, that album, um, Diesel and Dust. But this one, oh, my God, this, this there are so many fantastic singles on this album. I, outside of the lead single, Blue Sky Mine, um, Forgotten Years is, is a really good song. Um, <laughs> King of the Mountain is one of my favorite songs because it's it's just it's a fun song that just rocks um and one country is just like like a really sweet song and again these songs are about just like bad things happening to good people but it's just the the way the music it's more i think the music because peter garrett is not a good singer by any measure (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna argue with that that one with you andy who wants to change the world Oh, uh, but I mean, there's musically this this album is tight. Um, it's a lot of good good stuff on there, and I, I also remember too when I got it because I got it on cassette. The cassette was blue because that's what they were doing back then. Fancy, Ooh. yeah. Um, fantastic. I mean, this is a fantastic album from a, a really good, I think, underrated band. I think that they don't get enough credit primarily because it's, it's beds are burning is the only song most people know from them. Uh, but definitely definitely worth a check. It is on Spotify, so yes. Cool. Who wants to go next? Uh, okay. Either Joe or Catherine, I guess. So Joe, go ahead, Joe, go ahead. All right. For my first album, I picked Avia Musicom from Eric Johnson. His first, it was his first uh, studio-released album. Um, again, it, I enjoy it because it it shows the breadth of his abilities as a guitar player and how capable he is at playing different genres. Um, mm. You know, it, it's hard to peg Eric Johnson as like, okay, he's a blues player or he's a jazz player or, you know, he's a pop player or anything like that because he can play it all. And he can play it all very, very, very well, you know. So, and it's got a little bit of something for everybody, you know. It's got, you know, your blues standards, and you know, it's got jazz fusion, um, you know, um, a little bit of heavy metal, hard rock. So, it, again, it just it, it it's a great introduction for to sh- for people who want to see how talented he is as a musician. Okay. Cool. 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 All right, um, Catherine. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go slow and I'm going to talk about uh the greatest hits by the Bangles because that was released in 1990 and frankly, if you didn't own any Bangles before that, this is really the only album you need. I'll 
Yeah. Yeah. That would be the I, only I Bengals I would want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I enjoy the Bengals quite a bit, and, and this yeah. is what I own on cassette. I think I bought it in Boston on a field trip or something, but, you know, I like I like Manic Monday. I like If She Knew What She Wants, Walk Like an Egyptian, Walking Down Your Street, Hazy Shade of Winter. It's a cover, but it's a really good one. Yeah. Um, it's also, I think this is, the, outside of buying the Lesson Zero soundtrack, the only way you can get that song. Because hmm. it wasn't as cool. It was never released on one of the Bangles' proper albums. Wow! Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's. That's what it's telling me on Wikipedia. Wikipedia never lies. Never. No. <laughs> I love but, Bangles. Yeah. I, I I fell in love with Walk Like an Egyptian early. It's just such a fun, goofy song. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, the Bengals really are kind of a fun, poppy group. You know, you really can enjoy them. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's like, and you know, they're, they're, it's 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 like sugar when you're not supposed to be having sugar. <laughs> it's, sugar well, when it's sugar. It's sugar. It's like having sugar when you're a type one diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> and, Actually, and Joe, that's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> finishing up week two of isolation working from home <laughs> manic monday man i wish i was going to the office yeah <laughs> i miss just chatting with my coworkers and hearing about their day and and you know we we all like a bunch of us eat lunch together um we like a small group of us have our own D group and we just had our first virtual session uh, on Monday this week, and it's like, yeah, this is kind of what life is for the next couple weeks, at least. Well, so, yeah. Manic Monday, I wish I had a commute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so far behind on pod. I've been like, I've been taking like after I finish my my day, I'll walk a few blo- uh, laps around the block, and it's the only time I can like listen to podcasts now. Yeah, like I, at least some of my podcasts, my husband also enjoys, so yeah. we can listen to them together. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to like probably do some of that myself. Yeah, I wish it was All Sunday because right. that's my fun day. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sunday is really nobody's fun day. Usually no, Saturday no, no, no. Saturday's, Saturday's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Saturday's the fun day because Sunday is the oh god, tomorrow's Monday. Day. Exactly. Yeah. Sunday's the yeah. fuck. What a, I, I, I like I I. I Pissed away my weekend. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Poof, it's, it's gone. regret. It's regret. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, what do you got? Oh, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I, I have a plan. Okay. Great. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, the artist that really kind of got me into country. That's Garth Brooks with his album No Fences. Everything's all right. I'll just say goodnight and I'll show myself to the door Hey, I didn't mean to cause a big scene Just give me an hour and then Well, I'll be as high as that ivory tower That you're never Slip on down to the 
yeah. Okay. Oh my god! For the next two years, this album was everywhere. Well, At actually, my, I, mean, I think Rope in the Wind was actually a bigger album than this, but he, that's he, neither here nor there. I mean, for the next for the next like three or four years, he released an album a year. Yeah. Yeah, but this um, is the one. Yeah, you. Re- but this is the one that kicks it off, and this one has the 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 the, the, the songs that everybody knows. Yeah, well, I mean, this right. one, I mean, the song that really kind of kicked that real the two songs that really kind of introduced Garth Brooks to the world were uh, uh, "Friends in Low Places" and "The Thunder Rolls." Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, uh, I mean, and "Friends in Low Places" is the kind like, especially when I was going to college down south. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God. All the Bufords and Bubba's were just like, you know, standing around the keg singing this one. Oh, tell me about it, Andy. Oh, God. Well, I went went to the the fucking red solo cup of, uh, you know, of Shaw. (laughs) In the late 2000s on uh, Second Life, we had a a country night at one of the places I hung out at. And this was a staple. Was uh, Friends in Low Places. it It is a genuinely fun song, though. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. But it, it is. It's like it. You know. I. You know. I went to a military school up in the middle of Vermont. You know, where ninety percent of the student population l- lived within twenty miles of Boston. But all of a sudden, this song comes on, and they turn into, uh, you know, Johnny Rebel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like um, okay, okay, settle down there. All right, you grew up in Cambridge. I don't want to hear right? one fucking yeehaw from you. <laughs> exactly. The thing is, though. Exactly. Take that Confederate flag and shove it up your ass, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Friends in Low Places is great, but I personally prefer the live version with the uh, elusive third verse. Yes, oh, yes. That was the version that I got to hear from from the DJ that I was talking about in Second Life. She had that one. Yeah, because that's the ver- that, you know, he basically says, yeah, you know, the, the second verse is great, but let's, let's face it, the third verse is much more truthful. Because <laughs> basically, it's like you know, you know, yeah, like you know, everyone wants him to go, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going back to the bar, and they can all kiss my ass. <laughs> but um, beyond those two songs, he's also got um, uh, two of a kind working on a full house. That was a big hit. Um, Wild horses and unanswered prayers, which is a it's a nice soft kind of more um, ballady song, and it is actually really it's really uh, touching. Okay. You know, none of his stuff is available on Spotify. Yeah, I, I think surprised. he's got some. He's, he's got some special deal going on with like Walmart. I think because they always surprised. play. World. Yeah, they always play his songs at over there, like their album, their studios um, when yeah. they go in there. But I've I've got all of his CDs, so I can. I'm sure I can uh, send over some, any songs that you need. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, next up on my list um, is Gold Afternoon Fixed by the Church. Scramble 
Follow up to their biggest seller, which wasn't that huge of a seller, but Starfish. Um, this is the first time I ever remember getting like super excited for the release of an album. Because as I mentioned on our 1988 show, I fucking love Starfish. It's my favorite album of all time. And this is the album that follows it up. And I awaited with bated breath. Me and Jen Matson <laughs> were... Oh. There's a name from the past. Yeah. Um, that sounds familiar. I'd have I know to look her name. up in the yearbook. Yeah, she but... was uh, Joe's class. And yeah. she and I, we both picked up the album on the same day. I don't remember where we picked it up, but... Strawberries! It is, it, you know what? It might have been strawberries, but I don't think it was acting strawberries. I think we went out to Sudbury for this. <laughs> because that's just what we did. Um... This is a really, it's a serviceable follow-up. It's not as good as Starfish, but there's a lot of fantastic songs on here that I still love to this day. Metropolis is a beautiful song. Pharaoh is a great way of opening up an album. Um, and Grind is a great way of closing out an album. This is when they started doing like these six to seven minute epic length songs to close it out. And it has like multiple parts and acts in the song. And it's just, it's fantastic stuff, and it's definitely listening to a band that decided to kind of change the way that they were handling their music at the time. Because beforehand, it was all you know paisley shirts and psychedelic pop, and now all of a sudden, now they're wearing black jackets and they're being a little more um, buttoned down with it, but still very, very. The, the lyricism is just fantastic in it. Musically, this album may be better than Starfish. There's a lot of like, great guitar work done. Um, Again, highly recommend it. It's on Spotify. Cool. Joe. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my next album, I picked Razor's Edge for, for ACDC, which has uh-huh, more than five songs uh-huh, on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Has one uh-huh, of five songs uh-huh, on it there, Mike. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So, well, this is, I mean, you could honestly say this is, this was their last hurrah. You know, this is because after this, they just kind of went into sport, sport, you know, arena rock. Yep. Infamy. Jock jock jams. (laughs) Thunderstruck is the, the, the literal definition of a jock jam. Yes, it is. Um, that is the most covered song on in the universe. I swear to God, it God. is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like I'm, I, sure there's a, I, I'm sure there's a bagpipe version of it somewhere. There is, and the guy plays. It, it's uh, the the angry bad piper from Australia, and he has flames coming out when he does that song. <laughs> um, I've also heard it done on like traditional Chinese instruments. I've heard it done by an entire classroom of children on various xylophones. Um, I've seen it done with a Tesla I've, I've coil. Got a, there's an excellent bluegrass version. Oh, a Tesla coil. <laughs> you know, like you go to the Museum <laughs> of Science, and it's like they got those big yeah. towers, those big Tesla towers. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're going to rock out now. And you just watch like the lightning bouncing back and forth. <laughs> My husband also, Joe, would like to point out that in the uh, bluegrass version, a guy plays an anvil in that one. <laughs> sure. Hey, Jackal was there first with their chainsaw. So, <laughs> but but yeah, the the bluegrass version is really good, and that video is very excellent. I will say. Cool. I can think but of yes. one other one other song that would more exemplify a jock jam, though. What's yeah, that? that is. We are the champions. Uh, it's that's a tough one. I, I I see where you're coming from on that. I just yeah. it's it's because it's 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 really it's only reserved for the winners where thunderstruck. Crazy Train. Um, oh, We Will just, Rock You. We Will Rock You is a good, like, middle-of-the-game type of song. So yeah. I, that would be more of a jock jam, I think, than um, than We Are the Champions. But, like, when you want your team to come out, what do they come out to? They come out to Thunderstruck. They come out to Crazy Train. Yeah. You know? All right. So anything else to say about the Razor's Edge, uh, Joe? No, I think, I think we pretty much covered it. Awesome. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Catherine. All right. The next one I'm going to talk about, uh, we mentioned it before as a spoiler. This is uh, I'm Breathless by Madonna, which features Vogue at the as the final track. But mostly it is a bunch of things done in the style of her character Breathless from the Dick Tracy movie. I'm going bananas and I feel like my poor little mind is being devoured by piranhas. I'm going bananas. I'm and I feel like it would be the nerve being killed by a dentist. But I'm non Right. Including and, uh, Sooner or Later, right? Sooner or Later is the second track. Yeah. But that's not the one that really... There's a bunch of other songs on this that I know better. Like, Hanky Panky is really fun. Uh-huh. I'm Going Bananas. In week two of this lockdown, this is getting to be more and more my song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Which it, it is it is a really fun and silly song. Like this is this is a bunch of things that this is just her having fun. Hanky yeah. panky, like uh, cry baby is also a very silly song. Right. And um, I just I'm just happy that like sooner or later finally netted Stephen Sondheim an Oscar. Mm. <laughs> did it really? It did, yeah. yeah. No, sooner or later it was gonna happen. Oh. <laughs> and and like <laughs> <laughs> uh, something to remember is another good. You know, it's it's a quality song. It's it's a little less in character, but it's it of of the of the breathless character. And then there's back in business, which also like just rocks. That one that one's fun to bounce around to. Um. Now the interesting thing about this is it's this is one of three albums released in tandem with the Dick Tracy release. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, so there's this. There's the music inspired by Dick Tracy, which was mainly like a lot of hip hop artists. And sure, then there yeah. was the the Danny Elfman score. I mean, and we'll talk about this uh, over the summer when we talk about the movies of 1990. But Dick Tracy really tried to out Batman Batman when it came to marketing. Okay. Yes, yes, I'll, it did. I'll go with that. Yeah, because yeah, couldn't you get like Dick Tracy toys at at, uh, at McDonald's and everything? Yeah, and KB like, toys. Tracy, watch. Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk to anybody on it. Wait 30 years and you can have an Apple smartwatch and you can totally. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And they even brought back that horribly racist cartoon, too. Mm. <laughs> Actually, look it up. That... It, look it up, kids. It's on YouTube. <laughs> in, in the mid 90s, they were doing a lot of those music inspired by albums. Yep. I, I, I had the uh, music inspired by speed album. Oh God! Oh, you did not. <laughs> I did. Well, the like the latter two Batman soundtracks, Forever and, and Robin, were both primarily music um, featured in or inspired by. Yeah, it's like there are three songs that showed up in the movie and all this other shit that you know the director kind of likes. Yay! Great. I'm glad that he likes uh uh not, oh God what's his name R Kelly. Great. <laughs> Gotham City. All right. And we have. Yeah, but but unlike a lot of those, <laughs> unlike yeah. a lot of those, I think that I'm Breathless has some has some good songs that are still listenable today. And I, yeah. I listen. Oh, like Ooh. Vogue. Vogue is, like again, one of the, the top Madonna songs of all time. It is. But again, I'm going to I'm going to shout out to Hanky Panky. I'm going bananas. Cry baby. <laughs> Those well, they're more, yeah, well, they're more of the, the Tracy era. Yeah, they're they're done in that style, and they're just they're very silly and they're very fun. Hmm. All right, Mike. All right. Um, the other album that I'm going is also a country album. It is uh, the debut album of an artist named Tra- Travis Tritt, and it's called Country Club. Okay. Turn 
Um, I, I really, this is a good solid album. It's not, I think his second album is got some, some of the songs I like more, but this one's still, it's got a lot of good ones. It's got a, I mean, um, his, the first out, the first single off of it was actually released in 1989. It was called country club, you know, title. Um, th- but then he's also got, uh, I'm going to be somebody put some drive in your country, which is nice. Like, you know, high energy, very like, kind of rock country type. Um, and he's got a couple of more uh, ballady songs, Help Me Hold On and Drift Off to Dream. Um, and actually, mo- most of these songs, he actually uh, wrote or co-wrote himself, so he's uh, hmm. he's he's a pretty much the full package, but he, um, you know, if you take a look at the album cover, it's basically just him, he's got kind of a mullet going on. Uh, yeah, when, when we talked about this last week, I pointed out that he looked like a cross between somebody I would game with and a background character on the original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, and you weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because because I do play tabletop role-playing games and I love the original Battlestar Galactica, that's not really an insult, so... Yeah. No, no, not at all. But he he's very much, uh, you know, another, another element of this, I kind of shift of country from more bluegrass roots to our more pop uh, rock country you know mix hybrid um but like you know um off the next album that i'm going to talk about next year uh but uh i gotta bring it it's a song i just adore it's called here's a quarter call someone who cares oh such a great song that is such an awesome song <laughs> like I, mean, I don't know the ones off of this album but that is a that that song's excellent yeah, <laughs> it, it basically it tells you right there, right, right, right in this title <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so um, next up on my list is Bob Mould, "Black Sheets of Rain," which is uh, the follow-up to last year's workbook. Which is workbook was more like a folksy kind of like stripped-down album. This is just rock. It's very hard. It's very dark. Um, it's more of a return to form for him as he was, you know, the, the lead guitarist for the band Husker Du. It's one of these albums that when I was DJing in college, the rule was is that if you wanted to go take a break, get a cigarette or go to the bathroom, you would play the opening track, Black Sheets of Rain, because um, because it lasted seven and a half minutes. 
And that was enough time to smoke a cigarette or go to the bathroom or get something to eat. So, because <laughs> we weren't really allowed to leave, like, because if there was dead air, they might think we're dead in the radio station. So, that that wasn't the song that we used for the original. No, no, that that's um, that's from his band Sugar, and okay. we'll be talking about them in like two years when um, Copper Blue comes out. But awesome. uh, it's this is just, again, it's just it's 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 a really good album. It feels longer than it is. Uh, you know, I still think. I, I honestly think his band stuff with other bands like Sugar and Husker is better than a lot of his solo stuff. But this is a is this album got me through the summer of 1990. So thumbs up to that. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> Joe. All right, for my next selection, I picked uh, "Family Style" by Stevie Ray and Jimmy Vaughn. Okay. This is kind of a bittersweet kind of selection for me because this was released not too long after Stevie Ray was killed in that helicopter, the helicopter accident in the summer of oh. 1990. Mm. And one, I didn't realize, I never realized that Jimmy Vaughn was the older brother. Yeah. Just because, you know, outside of the fabulous Thunderbirds, he really didn't, ha- you know, he, he wasn't like, well, Stevie Ray was way, way more well known than Jimmy was. You know, right. Jimmy was always kind of a background guitar player. You know, he was yeah, he was the lead guitar player for the the Fabulous Thunderbirds, but he was never like in the lead the way Stevie Ray was. Right. And right. and I learned that they never recorded together. This was the first album where they actually the two of them sat and you know we're in the studio and recorded an album together no so so again so it's like one of those bittersweet things where you you know you you think these two guitar playing brothers would have collaborated more but you know they didn't and you know this was when stevie ray was coming you know was rehab you know was rehabbed you know was coming off you know the uh you know the uh drug addiction and you know the alcoholism and everything else really kind of Try really breaking into the mainstream, you know. Yeah. And this a lot of this album has that kind of feel where he's trying to break into the mainstream. A lot of the songs are are very radio friendly so- songs, you know. Mm. Especially like the telephone song is a real. It's a really kind of sweet song and really could have gotten a lot of airplay. So interesting. Well, it's interesting too. I didn't realize that he. Um, 
that Jimmy Vaughn was in the fabulous Th- Thunderbirds. Yeah. So that's again, that's the thing is like he he wasn't out there the way like his brother was, you know. And again, like it, it shocked me that he was the older brother because because Stevie was the more well known one than Jimmy was. Right. So. Mm. Yeah, I remember hearing this album. Like, and I remember distinctly when when Stevie Ray died because you know going back to when I was talking about being in the uh, produce, working in the back you know back room at the produce section at uh, at Victory, and again it was AAF and they they announced that he was dead. It's like, oh, that's that really sucks. That's terrible. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Catherine, you're up. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the album of Empire by Queensryche, yes, which is just. Every time I cry, your name is the closest all right. Look in your eyes, just like the rain, washing it red, wash over me, touching your face, I feel the heat of your heartbeat echo in my head like a spring. Soup to Nuts, a great album. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, is this a better album than Mind Crime? Uh, it's mm, so mm. different. Mm. Because Mind mm. Crime is telling one story, mm-hmm. whereas these are a bunch of standalone songs. So right. it's like, I, I, I feel like they're on par. They're... You know, like one of them is one kind of album, the other is a different kind of album, so they can be equal and different. Right. Okay. No, that's but wrong. yet, yeah. When when we were getting ready for the show, I put on the the albums that I was going to talk about, and it was just like, oh, this is a good song. Oh, this is a really good song. This is also a good song. What's interesting when I went back to to look at this on Spotify, I had forgotten how many of these songs weren't on Mind Crime. Mm. It's like I felt like Jet City Woman was on Mind Crime, and it's not. Um, yeah. You know, it was another song too. I can't remember what what it was. Uh, Best I can. Best no, I can. No, no, that, that t- would have been the the thin line. I'll tell you just a second. Actually, I'm pulling it up. Empire. Here we okay, go. I'm just I'm just holding my CD in front of me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have CDs in front of me. Um. I think she trumped you, Dandy. Yeah, I and, think she did. <laughs> in, in this in this time of uh of uh the internet being overtaxed, it is really excellent to own CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays. I will tell you what. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yes, another, it rain, is. Uh, another rainy night. That was the other song. I thought that was. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
it wouldn't surprise me if some of these songs were like written during the mind crime period and they got like no this doesn't quite fit we'll push it off to the next album yeah mm-hmm. but that it is I can totally it is, understand that would make sense yeah it's but they're they're just so good so yeah it's it is a fantastic album and it's it's interesting too because I feel like the window between when I kind of knew about Mindcrime and this was such a small window that right. the two of them do blend together. Yeah, I was I was introduced to Empire when like they were on tour for Empire. That, that was when I was introduced to Queensrÿche, and right. that was um, and that was when I found out about Operation Mindcrime as well. So this was this was like very formative stuff for me. But yeah, cool. Hand on heart is a really good song. Yeah. Anybody, anybody listening, it's definitely emblematic of a lot of their stuff. And cool. a lot of their, a lot of their themes. Nice, nice. All right. So, Mike, I had mentioned that because you're, you're you only have the two albums on there. I had something mm-hmm. planned. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read off what Chris uh, from Chris's Cultural Corner had for albums here. Um, I'm not going to go into anything that we actually are going to talk about because there's one that we're, we haven't discussed yet. But okay. um, he does bring up a Bur- Brigade by Heart. Let's see. Uh, All I want to do is make love to you album. Okay. Okay. Uh, Wilson Phillips by a band of uh, unknown origin and name. Um, <laughs> and then Mariah Carey's eponymous album, her, her debut uh, what, and, yeah, yeah. Why is he bringing that one up? I don't know because you know Chris loves pop music, and especially around this time, loves pop music. You didn't grow with him, so. But I, I yeah, I remember because Chris is a huge Heart fan, so I knew that Brigade was going to show up on there. Yeah. So, all right. So I guess that's back to me now. So the next album on my list is the album Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. All the poetry and the trunk you kept your life in. Um, I found out about, I actually heard about these guys in 91 cause they opened up for sting, but the album was released in 1990 and I, I, it was like the day after the concert, I ran out and I bought this thing and it's so good. It's just the, the guitar, the bass, Jeanette Napolitano's voice. Uh, the songs are, are interesting too, because 
it opens up with this really slapping bass line um, for Bloodletting the Vampire song. And it just, all the other songs are just fantastic songs that unfortunately are kind of dark. They're about friends that are dying or friends that are dead um, or friends that are just like, they've just kind of like fallen by the wayside. But it's, she's lyrically is, this is an amazing album. Um, I remember hearing this, like I, I heard the song Joey, which is like the, the oh. most popular song off the album. Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah. Go fig Joe. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I think that the song Caroline is actually a stronger single. Um, it's the one I think of more, but tomorrow, Wendy, the way that they close out the album with this song about a friend that's dying and Jeanette Napolitano, the lead singer is just like screaming and cursing at God. And it's just, it's sad, but at the same time, it's very empowering. And it's got this kind of dark sing-along at the end. Uh, hey, hey, goodbye, tomorrow, Wendy, you're going to die. But it's... She it's, had it's, cheerful. I know. It's, I, have something, I have something bright and cheery to, to close this out, but... Um, I hope so. Oh, we do, yes. But this is just, I mean, it's such a fantastic album. Again, Spotify. So um, definitely check mm-hmm. that one out. Joe, you got one more on here. Oh, did you change something from the last time? Oh, okay. I did did change. And seeing as how for everyone who's listening to the show, it's your first time listening to it. That's right. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. For my final selection, Rhythm of the Saints by Paul Simon. This is actually a this, really good album that this unfortunately is, isn't Graceland. That and that's the thing. This was the follow up. Well, this was the follow up to Graceland. When you think about it, I mean, it was a four year span between Graceland and this one. And it's like, how do you follow up such a good album? Right, like Graceland do and does. And I mean, Rhythm of the Saints does a fairly capable job of doing it. And you you really sense Paul Simon like really lean into the world music kind of genre, you know, especially with a heavy emphasis on South American rhythm and you know I mean the first the first single off it um oh what was the name of the the first single uh the one with the drums yeah I I know and I can't think of I mean I can look it up for you if you'd like me no to. I got I got all it, right, right. Yeah, the obvious child. The obvious, yeah, that's right. Why didn't I have the obvious child? Because <laughs> it was obvious. But, right, uh, exactly. 
but no, and, and 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 like you said, it's it's a great album that isn't Graceland. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it was a successful album. I mean, it you know it sold well again because it was the 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 follow up to Graceland. It sold well. It was critically acclaimed. But it's yep. not Graceland, which is kind of its biggest failing. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a good album. I I agree. I agree. And again, it's it's just tough because Graceland was a masterwork. Right. It really defined Paul Simon. Kind really kind of at least for my for our generation. You know, now you know, not for my parents' generation who grew up on Simon and Garfunkel. Right. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a good album. You know, and it, and then the fact that it's not Graceland doesn't take away any of the quality. You know, any of its quality. It's just you know, it's it, it follows Graceland. It, you kind of wanted to, that. You kind of wish that Paul Simon kind of released a Muh album in between. Just so you could say, oh, Rhythm of the Saints is a return, you know, a return to form for Paul Simon, but it's still oh, a good album. I absolutely agree with that. And if you've hear, heard his like newer stuff, mm-hmm. again, it's 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 just very musically adventurous. Right. You 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 can't you can't deny that Paul Simon is somebody who doesn't is not afraid to take risks. He is he is somebody who's willing to take risks yep. with his music. So yeah. Definitely. All right. So um, I guess I'm going to close out my list here with a very upbeat album from a very unlikely suspect here. Days of Open Hand by Suzanne Vega. Beyond the duty and the discipline, I'm sure there's anger in a cold place. Fall into the big space Swept up like garbage on the weekend Between a pen and a paper I know there's passion in the language Between a muscle and a brain There must be feeling in the pipeline Between a pen and a paper I know there's passion in the language Between a muscle and a brain there must be feeling in the Wow. Um, well, considering Solitude Standing is really, it's, it's a very solemn album. Days of Open Hand is like, you just open the windows because the sun just came out. <laughs> um, the songs are... <laughs> The songs are definitely more upbeat. Um, Tired of Sleeping and Book of Dreams are just such great songs that are, that are just, they're, they're up-tempo. Uh, they're still, you know, she's still, I, I, I've always loved her voice. I've always loved just like that whisper of a voice that she has. And, you know, we talked about this before, Catherine. Her lyricism is just, it's next level. Absolutely. She's just such yeah. a great job of describing things. Um, with that said, my favorite song on um on this album is big space which is uh a lot it's a lot darker um darker organ sounds um it's just it's it's a lot of like pipe organ and her guitar and it's 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 a bit up tempo but it's not an upbeat song but i i just i had i just i really do love this album and i 
kind of feel like it's it's kind of stuck in between her breakout album, The Solitude Standing, and the 99.9 Fahrenheit, which will come out in, like, 92, which is, like, mm-hmm. her introduction into, like, industrial rock. Right. Which is a fantastic album. But again, mm-hmm. check this one out. I, I do love this one. So Catherine's going to close us out with a real happy album, and one of, one of the ones on Chris's list as well. Yep, this is, uh, we talked about this a little bit during the singles, and this is Flood by They Might Be Giants, which is absolutely an amazing album from beginning to end. Everything on it is, is wonderful. A man came up to me and said, I'd like to change your mind. By hitting it with the rock, he said, though I am not unkind. We laughed at his little joke, and then I happily walked away. Today, there's only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's be you. Be what you're like, be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark, 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 whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I like, and that is whistling in the dark. There's only one thing that I know how to do well, and I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well, and that's for you. Be what you're like, be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new record for 1990. <laughs> they might be giants. Brand new album. Flood. <laughs> wow, I am in the nineties. Yep. <laughs> I love this album. I introduced this one to my daughter, and she loves this album. Yeah, there's we put this- not a there's not a bad song on this album. Oh no, no, not, this is not a one. This is such a good, happy album. I mean, it's really, I mean. Well, I mean, they might, be giants, they might Be Giants is a very fun, happy band, to be honest. Right. Oh, God, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Istanbul was one of the things that they did on uh, on Tiny Toon Adventures. And then the other one they did was Triangle Man. Yeah. <laughs> or Particle Man. But yeah, it's 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 just so much fun and like I put this on and we listened to the whole thing and my husband had never listened to the whole thing from beginning to end and it's just like whistling in the dark. He's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Min- minimum wage is just so weird. <laughs> I remember we would because it, it, it was, you know, this was like the waning months of my high school career. Snack bar, me and Jeff Parenti just oh, look God. at each other and go, minimum wage! And we just, yeah! <laughs> at the same time, with the whip. Yep. They Every... are, very, they ahead, are very much a um, kind of a, a flavor of geek cre- of geek chic, I think. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, is ner- this is nerd rock extraordinaire. I mean, hell, they, they did the, uh, the uh, version of the MST3K theme song for the movie. Yeah. Yep. They also did the uh, the themes. They did the theme song for Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, and yeah. the Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it had been a while since I'd listened to this album, 
And when I went back and listened to it, it, just, it comes immediately rushing back to you. Yeah. Every yeah. song, every beat, every pause, every inflection. Every, every, every lyric. I know, I know this song backwards and forwards. Yep. And it's also, it's, it's a lot of fun because, like, all the songs are very different. It's not like most of the songs from 1990 where they kind of blend together. It's like everything is a little bit different, a little bit different flavor. And, uh, uh, you know, like, way back when we were, like, working out at the gym, way back before you were, like, when, when you were recording Autumn, Andy, uh, yeah. you were like, if you could only listen to one band for the rest of your life, what would it be? And you were like, I would listen to Linkin Park. And I was like, I would listen to They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Did I, I couldn't have I couldn't have possibly said Lincoln Park. I like uh, legit like five of their songs. I, I think at the time I think it was Lincoln Park. All I right. don't think it was Rage Against the Machine. I, I oh I no, really, it would definitely wouldn't have been Rage Against Rage. the Machine. But I definitely don't think it would have been uh, Lincoln Park either. But yeah, this I album confused Lincoln Park with something else. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it was something it was something like that at the time, and you were like. Oh. I was like, okay, but yeah, I was like, they might be giants, and you're like, that's a good call. That was a very good call. I could listen to these guys forever. Every song yeah. on here, I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the titles and the songs are coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have to put this on tomorrow when I'm cleaning my craft room. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely I'm going to need something, because I, I got to, if I'm going to be working in my basement, like in that little side office that I never use, I really need to clean it out. <laughs> yeah. It's been tough, but yes, I, you know, if you've never listened to Flood, dear listeners, please treat yourself. Oh my goodness, yes, if you listen to this show and you've never heard the Flood album, and and you're a fan of our show, you're missing please. out. Please, yeah, you're missing out. You need to listen to this, and then go back and listen to the two albums that fought, that came before this one. Yeah, this this also, like uh, uh, Extreme, is another local band. Yeah, they're from Lincoln, Massachusetts. Yeah, they, they 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 grew up a couple towns over from where uh, me and Andy and and Joe all went to school. Yeah, yep. I, I think one of them came from Lincoln. I think the other one's from like Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Well, they're 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 probably John. But... <laughs> yeah, it was definitely John. It wasn't John. Yeah. No, no, it couldn't be John. <laughs> it was John. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, but yeah, that was. That's why they're like, was it their first album that was called Lincoln or their second album? I have to second like album. So it's the, the first one self-titled. The second one is Lincoln, is Lincoln and then Flood. And then after that's Apollo 13 or Apollo 18. Apollo 18. Yeah. Which is a great album. We'll talk about that in like two years because that's going to end up on one of our lists. I still have my brother went to the concert. I still have the T-shirt. I can't wear it in public. It's so old. But yeah, <laughs> I still own it. I it's saw I saw They Might Be Giants in 1990. I got into a car accident going to the concert and still got there on time. <laughs> my so that's my dedication. Yeah. My brother and I went to see them during uh, – my brother took me as, like, my birthday present to see them during the Severe Tire Damage Tour. We went down to see them in New Haven. Nice. And he bought the tickets at, at Strawberries, and he couldn't remember where we were going. So we went to a Strawberries – Got the address and then went. And this is like, <laughs> this is poor GPS people. We had, to, I don't remember how we managed to get there. I think it must have been off my, uh, my, my, my Atlas in the, in the car. <laughs> my McNally, my McNally Street Atlas. <laughs> uh, GPS before GPS was GPS. Yep. <laughs> and it was so, so yeah. 
So that was uh, that's a that's such a great way to close this out. So yeah. Uh, all right. Well, great conversation, everybody. Yeah. So our, our next episode, we're actually going to stay in the genre of music. Um, and I don't know. Hopefully, we'll be able to actually record together. But you know, hopefully, this mm-hmm. works. Um, so we're going to stay with more music as we're going to discuss the varying degrees of goodness of the pop songs and covers that came at the end of Disney animated movies. As our next release, we'll be showing up sometime in April. April has always been our Disney month. And so we're going to discuss those songs, like the covers of stuff like Beauty and the Beast and um, A Whole New World. And we're going to not not so much rank them, but discuss them. It's our uh, Peebo Bryson Memorial Podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> he is dead, right? I, I have no idea. Okay, well, we'll have to find that out before the show. Don't stop that. I can hear you typing. That wasn't me. Oh, I know. It's, I'm yelling at Mike. <laughs> oh, okay. He is still alive. Oh, okay, folks. <laughs> he's still alive. Awesome. I kinda, it, it, this is, like, sad. Like, I, I haven't been able to eat in front of you guys. We haven't been able to try potato chips. It's not the same if we're not all in the same room for that. Oh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> So. Yeah, we, we can't see uh, we can't see Joe retching his guts out. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> over, oh, over various nasty potato chips. <laughs> oh, the food episode is coming up this summer, so <laughs> hopefully by that hopefully by that time lockdown will be over. Yeah. One can uh, only hope. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, um, you can check us out at uh, on the socials at Geek Salad uh, Radio on Twitter. Geek Salad Podcast on Facebook. You can also check out our archive at uh, geeksalad.podbean.com. Download us on the Podbean app, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, uh, iHeartRadio. And we are also available audio um, and video for uh, on YouTube, uh, Geek Salad Podcast, as well as semi-weekly retro movie reviews and other things coming up. Um, I'm not sure when we, this episode launches, but... If there is, in fact, a WrestleMania, there might be a WrestleMania prediction show. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure yet because up is down, left is right, black is white, cats are dogs. Living together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mass hysteria! My God. So, enjoy <laughs> 1990, folks. So, anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Minimum wage.